This is Tani Talks Perke Elvis TTPA, where we talk a mission of Perke Elvis per day with sage commentary and practical advice to say. We're looking at chapter three, chapter two, paragraph three, and I apologize if I said the wrong thing out of the Mishnah. That was chapter two, paragraph three. This is chapter two, paragraph four. Rabbi Gamliel would often say, Make Hashem's will your will, so that He will make your will His will. Nullify your will before Hashem's will, so that He will nullify the will of others before your will. Hillel says, do not separate yourself from the community by ignoring their troubles. Stand guard, do not be confident in your ability to withstand temptation until the day you die. Do not judge your friend until you are in his place and can fully understand what he is going through. Do not say something that is not easily understood, assuming that it will eventually be understood after more thought, because it might be misinterpreted. Do not say, when I have free time, I will learn turn, because you may never have a free time. Once, the idolatrous king Menashe appeared to Rav Ashi in a dream. He challenged Rav Ashi with a difficult halachic question to which Rav Ashi had no answer. Rav Ashi pleaded with Menashe to reveal the answer to him, promising to teach it in the name of Menashe. Menashe agreed and then shared his answer. Impressed, Rav Ashi challenged him back. So indeed, if you are so wise, how did you come to worship idols? Had you lived in my generation, Menashe responded, you would have personally lifted the hem of your cloak and sped after me to worship Avodah Ravashi understood that in Menashe's times, the temptation to worship Avodazar was so strong that even the greatest men cannot resist it. When you see someone doing wrong, don't rush to judge him. You likely do not understand what is motivating him to act in that way. Ask yourself, if I were in a situation with his upbringing, his nature, and his Yetzirah, would I be able to be any better? Being part of a community protects us from many of the Yetzirah's schemes. When the community holds certain standards, taking a good thing beyond its halachic requirement or refraining from going to certain places, one must abide by the community norms. Of course, the requirement to follow community norms doesn't apply in a case where many in the community are doing something wrong. Chazal say very strongly things about one who disregards his community boundaries, even with an act that is otherwise not wrong. Just breaking away from community standards will lead him to disregard more and more, and eventually even most basic halachos. The word Sibor is an acronym for Tzadikim Beinonim Rishayim, the righteous, the intermediate, and the wicked. A combination of all these types of people is what forms a community. A Jew naturally wants to do the will of Hashem. It's merely that sometimes the Yitzhahara covers over his true desire. This mission can be read to say that you should fulfill his will, because that's what you truly want. Similarly, Hashem really wants to provide us with all we wish for, yet sometimes we aren't deserving of it. If we do Hashem's will, which is in fact our true will, then Hashem will fulfill our desires, which is what Hashem really wants. As a young man, Rabbi Yechiel Michal of Zlachtov would sit all day in the local shul and learn Torah. One day, a village wagon driver came to the rav of the town, clearly distressed. He had accidentally done a malach on Shabbos was seeking a tikkun, a way to correct his wrongdoing. The rav instructed him to donate candles to the shul to be used in honor of Shabbos. Young Rav Michal overheard the exchange and was surprised by the rav's approach. A pound of candles to atone for violating Shabbos? He thought to himself, does the rav not realize the seriousness of the matter? Why is he trading it so lightly? That Friday, the wagon driver brought these candles to the shul and left them on the table. As soon as he left, the stray dog carried off the candles and ate them. When the wagon driver found out, he was devastated. My repentance has been rejected in heaven, he wept. 
The next week he tried again, bringing more candles when they were lit. They inexplicably melted down very quickly so that by the time Shabbos began, nothing was left of them. Every week there was another strange problem until in desperation the wagon driver went to seek the advice of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov heard him out and replied, It seems that a certain young scholar in your town finds fault with the path to tshuva that the Rav has prescribed for you, and this is causing these strange events. Please ask Rav Michal to come visit me. Sure enough, Rav Michal set out to see the Baal Shem Tov. On the way, the coachman took a wrong turn, and it seemed that Rav Michal might not make it in time for Shabbos. He was greatly distressed by the thought that he might be forced to violate Shabbos for the first time in his life. When indeed they made it to Mezrbich, just before Shabbos began, his relief was immense. The Baal Shem Tov told him, Until now you had never tasted since. You cannot comprehend the remorse that you feel at having transgressed the will of his Father in Heaven. Now that you understand something of the agony felt by the wagon driver, you know that his deep remorse alone more than atoned for his unwitting transgression. Never really judge a person. Understand that a lot of times we don't know things and we don't understand things and we can't really relate to different things. Join us next time here on the TTPA.